Welcome to Module 4, Presence. We exist as a consciousness that is made of four counterparts, the spiritual, mental, emotional and physical. When you think of this at an auric level, the physical is also sometimes called the etheric. Presence is when each of these layers of us are resonant with each other. None are out of balance and we're equally aware of each counterpart, giving each counterpart equal attention in our lives. We're also aware of the communication between the layers of us. The spiritual first informs the mental. We can receive this kind of communication as an intuition that arrives as a thought. If we miss this communication, our thoughts may turn into emotions. We may feel strongly emotional. If we still don't hear the communication, we will manifest physical communications in the form of difficult experiences or illness. Our consciousness, when in full presence, only attracts ease, grace, abundance and love, for this completeness is the essence of our true nature. We are pure, unending love in form. To be fully resonant, this means the spirit must inform the physical life. For most people, it does not. Think about that. In school, were you ever taught the value of your intuition as an information source? Probably not. You might also agree that most people do not make their decisions from their intuition say so. If there is clear communication between the spirit and the physical through the mental and emotional layers, the physical body is strong, well, healthy and energised. To be clear, the emotions must be surfaced. If they are pushed down or ignored, then presencing communication is interrupted. Emotions often try and loudly express and get stronger when ignored. Again, in our society, we have not been taught the value of emotions, only that they must be suppressed whenever they are overwhelming or socially unacceptable. I remember reading recently that the standard time allowed for grieving the death of a loved one before it is termed depression is only two months. Yet even the elders knew this was not enough time without psychology degrees. They had rituals each year to celebrate the life of those lost, rituals that continue long into the future. In my experience, most people take three years to fully integrate the meaning of the death of a loved one and heal and even more time if the death was traumatic or unexpected. The social expectations are often unrealistic, causing many to think there is something wrong with them when in fact it is the new standards that are entirely wrong. The mind must take its place as only 25% of our presence. In most people it is a lot more. We tend to value the mind, we rely on it, and we become overwhelmed by it. We think it controls our experience beyond our control. We think constantly, find it hard to shut our brain off. We often don't realize we can easily quiet our mind by engaging one of our other counterparts. You can go for a walk, make love, these are physical things, or feel something, listen to emotion-producing music or watch an emotion-producing movie, these are emotional things. Or you can meditate, practice qigong, etc. and engage the spiritual we often don't get present because we fear what is inside of us. Most people are afraid of how they feel, who they perceive themselves to be. They don't know how to be at one with themselves. The thought of this is terrifying. 
We are afraid we are not the perfect beings we really are. So again, our society is an example of this symptom. We endlessly distract ourselves with experiences that take us further from presence. This avoidant therapy is rife in the world, whether it be television that has been proven to remove the capacity for abstract thought or other devices, drugs, alcohol or technology. As someone who hasn't watched TV for more than 15 years, I can tell you it is exhilarating to live without this big distraction. Create your own story instead of living inside someone else's every single night of your life. We need to celebrate our lives and honour the special times in our experience. This requires us to be fully in our experience. Do you celebrate your birthday as a chance to be super grateful for being alive? Do you love New Year's as a time to celebrate your existence? Do you enjoy your family during the annual silly season or other special family times you celebrate? Do you enjoy your country's national day, excited for where you live? Do you honour the holy days of your religion or philosophy for their meaning? Do you celebrate those you love on Valentine's Day? Do you have a ceremony on World Water Day? Do you engage and celebrate being a woman, mother, father, etc. on the annual days to celebrate those rites of passage? Are you being present at every opportunity? Have you ever noticed what your avoidant therapy methods are? Do you use alcohol or drugs or television, solving others' problems instead of meeting your own needs, disassociating, pretending you don't care, shutting off your feelings, or using being busy as an excuse or some other techniques? Make note of these. When you don't want to face something, where do you go? With whom do you go? We often have friends who allow us to be small and other friends who invite us to be more present. Who makes you stay embodied and real with yourself? Your challenge for week one is to notice these things. Befriend your avoidant therapy techniques. How do you check out? Realize your avoidant friends. Who are they? Conversely, who in your life holds you accountable to yourself? For the rest of the module and month, spend time with those who hold you accountable and don't let yourself engage in the avoidant therapy. Some tele-empaths need avoidant therapy now and again. They often talk to me about how sometimes when they feel burnt out, they just want to disconnect and watch their favourite series on DVD for a night. Sometimes shutting off like this allows us to disconnect and unplug and can actually be a way of getting present especially when you are as information overloaded as an untrained teleempath is. However, it is not the only way to get present and it's not necessarily a good way. Over time, we'll have to ask why we let ourselves get burnt out in the first place. A lack of presence leads us to this end. A teleempath who has reached overwhelm was not present way before this point. Sometimes we use avoidant therapies as a tool to run away from parts of ourselves, feelings or circumstances we don't want to be present with. Ask yourself honestly, are there parts of yourself you want to run away from? Parts of yourself you want to avoid? Parts that feel uncomfortable to be with? It's okay to have these feelings. Being disgruntled with a part of ourselves simply means we are growing. That part of ourselves is ready to be outgrown. There's nothing shameful about growing. In our society, we're often shamed when we are deemed less than perfect by our own standards or societies. A truly present person 
knows they are always in flux and that sometimes this constant transformation is messy and uncomfortable. They are not ashamed of movement within themselves. In the same way, a water droplet should not be ashamed as it moves down a river, even if it is tumbling along. Even if the circumstances within are creating messy moments outside of themselves, a present person does not fix this mayhem. They engage it with curiosity and ask why. They build a relationship with it as a wisdom source. Again, the universe gave me a wonderful example to share with you for this module, this time in my own life. After doing a yoga pose I've done a thousand or more times, the next day I manifested an enormous amount of pain in my spine. It felt like a red-hot knife being inserted vertically from the base of my spine as the pain radiated upwards. As you know, I've had back pain in the past, but this was incredibly powerful and it didn't make sense given the simple yoga stretch I did. I visited the doctor who got me to have an x-ray and it turns out my coccyx was fractured. As I've had no other impact events and lots of previous scans of my back where this was not there, my osteopath suggested that this excruciating back pain I had in labour when I was giving birth to my son, who decided to come out eyes first and turn posterior at the last minute, was where the fracture had happened. This was fascinating to me when talking about presence. Firstly, how amazing is it that my body has been compensating the pain away for me for seven months? It came forth only as I was ready and capable of dealing with it. As any new mum will tell you, that first six months of hardly any sleep will not leave you many personal resources. Isn't it amazing that our bodies have the capacity to numb our awareness like this? Consciousness is wise in this way. Whatever we are presented with is what we're ready for. There's nothing ever stronger than you are in this moment. Remember that. There is never any reason to be overwhelmed. As I stayed present with the massive pain I was experiencing, I really felt into the communication my body was attempting to have. For me, childbirth was about the most scary thing I could ever imagine doing. Going through the experience, which I am now looking forward to doing again in the not-too-distant future, I hope, was at the time something that took incredible presence to not get lost in the fear. I conquered that fear, something I celebrate every day. My body had held on to that fear for more than 20 years. And during the birth, despite the complications, I had my spiritual presence intact and met each moment of the experience with true clarity. Fear was nowhere to be found. The body, however, still held on to this energy, so a couple of weeks before my coccyx problem made itself known to me, I was doing some somatic reprogramming and shifted the energy. Then the body had to catch up. It all had to release the pain it had held on to. This has been a big theme for the first part of 2018, so if you've had body pain, pay attention to this message. You may be transiting something out of the physical you have worked on on all other levels. Congratulations! During the pain, I could see I was letting go of years of pain I had held on to. Instead of hanging on, I let go. In three days, instead of the two weeks the osteopath predicted, I completely cleared the pain so it was no longer acute. This is because I opened a vast conversation with the message. My body was informing me of the freedom I was now ready to have. This time around, it took me three days to have that awareness as it was a big theme for me, but many times it can happen almost instantly. This is the power of presence. The more clear we become, the faster things change. This concept can affect everything, whether it's our health or things we're trying to manifest, like abundance or a loving relationship. 
When we bring full presence into ourselves, it's like magic. We have the Midas touch and everything we have been wanting to change or become is embodied easily. So we need to deeply trust the process will have an excellent outcome. It always does. We cannot ever change our circumstances until we acknowledge what we are experiencing fully. These parts of ourself may be places in our body. If you have a partner, you can get them to help you with this exercise or do it yourself in front of the mirror. Naked, gently run your fingers over your skin. Lovingly touch every place you can reach. Notice if some places don't like to be touched. There is any part of you that pulls away. These places are where we cannot hold presence. This is one of the simple techniques of Tantra to be touched all over. When we allow this, we are experiencing presence in every part of our body. Presence is ecstatic. When we feel it fully, we are in our divine and ecstatic form, experiencing the love in everything and every moment. Sometimes the body manifests illness to help us become more present with a blockage. It does this to invite you to receive more love into the space within you. Presence is like life force, grace, ecstaticness, pure energy. When you invite it in, nothing toxic can remain. Your body is the manifestation of the four counterparts of the soul. If any of them are out of alignment, then your body will show it. How your body shows the message is quite particular. It's why Spirit got me to channel Pure Spirit Volume 3 to show you what your body is trying to communicate and to bring presence to your unwellness. I've had people contact me so often over the years and tell me they've had spontaneous healing events after reading about the issues their body was sharing with them and understanding their illness more deeply. It only takes a moment of presence to cure many moments of disconnect. Presence can also be about clearly seeing our place in the world and correctly interpreting things around us. People amidst their own healing processes are often oblivious to this one. They are so caught up in their own process, consciously or unconsciously, they don't realize the effect they have on others. If our perceptions cloud things, we may not realize the harm we are doing to others. My freight train person example from last month is this in action. They will be oblivious to their effect on others, despite the wake of devastation everyone else can see behind them. Have you ever truly witnessed the effect you have on others? Remember, there is your perception of the effect you have on others, and then the effect they perceive, and probably somewhere in the middle, the true effect without anyone's perceptions getting in the way and filtering the experience. Notice your effect on others. How are they reacting to you? Do you leave love or fear in your wake? Do you inspire or destroy? Do you help or hinder? Take presence to your effect on those you come into contact with. Many people who call themselves spiritual, with an inference to conscious in the word, get lost in this lack of presence. I have seen teachers having sex with their students, crystal healers sexually abusing patients, Teachers and practitioners of healing dying of cancer way too young. Tantra teachers abusing their power and trying to coerce young women 35 years their junior into hotels for therapy. Consciousness teachers with entities that are feeding off their students. Advanced students psychically attacking each other. Advanced students being radically unkind to each other, oblivious to their effect on others. Lightworkers getting so airy-fairy they are physically dizzy and unable to live in reality 
Their bills pile up while they are still trying every course and abundance technique and never taking the physical actions they need to to make their life different, all the while waiting for spirit to save them. Prayer is great, but last time I checked, creditors don't see it as currency. We are physical beings. This counterpart is important to acknowledge. We need to get real. Presence is real. It sometimes seems the more advanced people get, sometimes the less attached to reality they become. I believe this is because reality gets more complex the more you become aware of its complexity. So the point here is that true presence requires physical presence. We must see the result of our behaviours. For example, if you are paying someone $15,000 for a class on abundance manifestation and making yourself broke to do this and then losing your house and living in your car afterwards, then you might not have been present somewhere in the journey of decisions. Don't make yourself suffer this way. Stay present and you will not. Spirituality is sometimes sold as false hope. This is not grounded. It doesn't help you have presence in the world. True presence in the world makes you feel physically powerful and strong. Your world physically is as rich and beautiful as your spiritual world, your emotional world, your mental world, all are even. Poverty and suffering are not signs of spirituality, nor are they signs of presence. You should be enriched on all levels, whether this is love, friendship, well-being, joy, money, family, purpose, or any other kind of abundance that is meaningful to you, you should be rich beyond measure. If you don't feel this richness in an area of your life, your counterparts are only asking you to be more present of their communications. Let's take another example of this, as it's the most common one I'm asked about. Love. Most people feel an innate calling to find the love of their lives. This is so ingrained because we, as spiritual beings, are one half of a divine whole, looking to complete ourselves with the knowing we hold unconsciously that we are actually one, not the half we manifest into this world as. We are drawn to find our other. Then we see television and get sold on how they should look. My experience of meeting my other came from deep presence. I was constantly manifesting the wrong relationships and then one day I sat down and told the universe I was sick of this experience. The conversation was simply that I had no more energy for this. I no longer accepted this reality and if this was to be the reality I was going to have to accept, I was out. An angel came to be with me that day. I'd never felt the energy of an angel hug, but that day I knew what real love felt like and that it was available for me. Within a week, I met my husband again, and we started our long and beautiful relationship. When you are so busy hoping to be somewhere else that you do not take real, sometimes uncomfortable presence to where you are, you cannot learn completely what is being offered in this moment. When you are present in this moment, you have juiced its consciousness out. Then you can move on to something you'll enjoy much more. If you are looking for love with that one, then consider if you are fully present with how it feels to be without them. For me, I was devastated at the mean way in which I was being related to. I was in great pain from it. I felt like I deserved so much love, finally, after years of realizing this. I felt so ready and so ripped off that it wasn't there in my life. Instead, I had these harmful people who kept doing horrible things, Instead of appreciating the amazing and beautiful soul I was, I knew I deserved better. 
How do you feel? Could you let yourself be with these feelings, knowing they are not bigger than you can handle? Could you take full presence to this in any areas where life is not your ideal? In week two, I want you to think about this in the context of an area of your life you are not manifesting what you think you want in. How does this lack make you feel? Let yourself dwell in the feelings around this for the entire week. Try and experience every single feeling, thought, emotion, intuition about this situation. Don't miss a single part of the feeling. Really immerse yourself in it just for one week. Give yourself permission to dwell there for a moment and see where there is. Imagine it is an inner room. In meditations or personal journey work, see what is in there. If you need help, try the Explore the Shadow Self meditation I've created. See what feelings are there for you and don't hold back. Trust in your own strength to feel this and be okay. And of course, know that I'm here to guide you in soul coaching sessions if you feel you need extra support as you do this. Once we are fully present to our feelings, we have felt the end of them and it dissipates the magnetic charge. Once a volcano releases its tension, it spews out all of that lava and there's nothing left. It is calm and peaceful once again. Consider the magnetism of both states. In the beginning you may want love, but your volcano is filled with lava. Maybe this lava is the energy that causes you to feel anger or some other emotion of this grade like I had. You cannot attract one kind of energy while you feel its opposite, like attracts alike. You must feel love to attract love. Once all else is released, you can then focus on love, loving yourself. This then makes you so magnetic you cannot help but attract the ideal. If you haven't already attracted what your heart desires most, presence to what is within you is the block. Work with this and you will attract great beauty into your life, however that looks for you, and it won't cost you $15,000 to do this. As presence is a state of experience, the rest of this module is going to include suggestions about how you can try and practice presence. I would encourage you to try some of these techniques that appeal to you over the third week. Even if you consider yourself a present person, this practice can only bring you more deeply into alignment. In essence, oneness is presence. You'll feel closer to your source self when you are entirely at one with yourself. Life requires this to be maintained with focus. And there's so much in our world that can distract us from presence. So consider this, consider this practice. You must continue as a lifelong commitment to your joyfulness. Your personality type determines which way you are best able to be present. And there are three main personality types I'm speaking of here. One, visual. Two, auditory. And three, kinesthetic. Although we may have traits of each personality type, one will always be dominant. A visual person loves the way things look. They like taking action. They feel most loved when they are gifted gestures or items. They like to see things. They are good at visualization. They think and speak quickly and have something to say about most subjects. They often have a louder voice and use more hand gestures when talking to help others see what they are talking about. Visual people will find themselves more easily in a practice of presence when they can see it. A trip to the water, looking at a favourite mandala, meditating on a candle flame, looking in the mirror, looking at a tree, going for a walk with their favourite pet, looking at images or art that centres them, writing out their plan on a whiteboard to centre their thoughts, typing or writing in a journal where they can see the information, 
will help them to find presence. An auditory person is especially tuned into sounds. Nice sounds send to them, horrible sounds hurt. They can understand the emotions people feel by the tones in their voice. They feel loved when they are told, I love you, and the tone is right behind the words. They love listening to music. Often they are more spiritually gifted with telepathy and experience the universe as sound frequency, which is then interpreted as information. They speak less quickly and more quietly than a visual person and with less gestures. They prefer quiet, intimate conversations talking about personal and profound subjects. To find deep presence, an auditory person can listen to multi-leveled music soundscapes. Anugama has some brilliant albums. They can also listen to the sounds of nature, feeling the sounds inside themselves, activating, soothing, quieting. They can be centered by a good conversation with a trusted friend or family member who helps them to bring presence to themselves. They can meditate, listening to their thoughts and watching these thoughts as an information source of how they are. The sounds of animals like cats as pets can truly center an auditory person, as can the sounds of calm nature and any other frequency of sound that appeals to them. A kinesthetic person feels very deeply, but expresses those feelings only after much time to feeling to the depth of them. They prefer interactions one-on-one -on -one and are often overwhelmed in large crowds. They speak softly and thoughtfully, only sharing when they have something to say and prefer to watch and listen in most conversations. They feel loved by touch, hugs, snuggles and making love. They do not like loud, abrasive environments or people as they deeply feel bad energy when it is around them. Kinesthetic people who have lived in cities have often developed coping strategies to deal with the hectic nature of city living. Sometimes they watch TV, drink or use drugs to numb the deep feeling. However, they can better do this with yoga, qigong and other moving meditation modalities. They are presenced by physical exercise, discipline and structure, which allows for a great container for the experience of the deeper experience of reality they have. They need to take time to allow this experience and recognize that a slower pace and personal space makes them much more centered and efficient in the long run. Determine your personality type and try your specialized presencing ways. Notice the places that bring you out of presence. Then bring some of your presencing ways to this environment. For example, if you're auditory and find going to the shopping mall exhausting and deflating rather than presencing and uplifting, try listening to music while you go there. Ask yourself the question, what does presence feel like for you? Develop a list of experiences you have while feeling present. What are they? Once you know what it feels like by bringing awareness to what presence feels like for you, you'll be more present that you are not present. Look into your eyes in the mirror. Hold your own gaze for just one minute. Notice if you can just have empty thought, just staring into your own eyes. If you lose yourself in the moment, or whether your thoughts start taking you into what you have to do later today or something that already happened. You'll also notice your eyes look away from direct contact when this diversion happens. Bring yourself back to attention on your eyes when you notice your thoughts wandering. Once you can do this for a minute, increase the time to five minutes and see how long you can go for. Being present means you are taking time. You are making time. It feels like the wind you are walking through is blowing inside your body. The water you are swimming through is washing you inside your cells. 
The sunshine is soaking into you deeply. You feel full, complete, content in a way where you truly need nothing in this moment. It feels like if you died there and then you'd die ecstatic. It is the essence of embodied grace. When have you had this feeling and what were you doing in the past to create it? Where were you? What was it about that moment that let you fully experience the moment and all it had to offer? Food can help us be present. Food has a smell, looks like shapes, colours, tones, has textures, tastes and a frequency sound. Next time you eat a piece of fruit, experience it sensorily. Then experience how it affects your body. How does it energise you? Where does it energise you? What does the colour feel like as it enters your body? How does the texture feel as it goes down your throat? What does the sound do to your own frequency sound? Presence also is noticeable as it helps us manifest. When present, we have such vast magnetism and helpful positivity that draws to us solutions we need. You will know you are very present when your manifestation is easy, when things flow and come to you easily. Remember a day you had that became wonderful like this? What were you thinking that day? Were you thinking less? What were you feeling that day? Were you feeling hopeful, optimistic, free, blessed? Were you connected to your spirit? Did you feel the vastness of its energy? Was this omnipresence in your awareness? Were all four counterparts present and accounted for? When we dance with our divine, we are free. And one of my favorite ways to get present is through kundalini dance, chakra dance, or what I like to call vision quest trance dance, which is the next level up from these introductory energy dance works. Intuitively, pick your favorite music. Play it loud in a safe space where you can move around in any way you need to. Then let your body start to move. It won't be a pretty dance. It will contain jerks and repeat movements and show you the story of your body. You might feel tightness in your legs, so you let it shake. Then you notice your shoulder is tight, so your movement becomes something to stretch this. You may feel like a sound should accompany this movement, so you take some deep breaths and sound out, ah, as you breathe out. Eventually, your dance will become unhindered as the story of all that has been blocking you is unraveled through movement and you are left free, totally embodied and absolutely present in your beautiful body. If you're coming on retreat with me at the end of this program, for those who started in October 2017, we'll be trying this one for sure. You can also do this in a less physical and more gentle way with something I call Mai Chi. Think of Tai Chi, the gentle movement of your body, or Qigong, the movement of your body in predetermined poses determined by someone else to energize you. Now take out the someone else. Stand, sit, kneel in a place where you can be totally at one with you and feel into your body. How does it want to pose or stretch or gently rock? Ask this question over and over again until your movement turns into a gentle dance of my chi, where you and your chi are at one and in direct dialogue of total presence. Presence is the natural practice of children. You only need to spend a few minutes with children to learn how they stay present by being totally at one with every experience. Notice how they express their feelings freely, how they explore every experience to the fullest. Watch as they delve into each moment with absolute curiosity. 
they are authentic and completely present. We can think of presence as a childlike, innocent state. Now you know why enlightened people are always giggling like children and why fun is a big part for those who are most present on our planet. In total presence, we cannot exist beyond the moment. The past is gone and the future is not here yet. One practice of presence is to stay in the moment. We do this by not allowing our thoughts to be anywhere else. This becomes easier when we're engaging our senses fully as there is so much in the moment, it is hard to fit anything else in there. Your thoughts do not control you. You are their dictator. In any moment when you are obsessing mentally over the past or the future, remember this is only wasting energy. Aim to spend at least 98% of your mental time in the now and only a maximum of 2% at any other time for self-healing purposes only. Most people who've been on the path for a while have become friends with their shadow, the part of themselves that stores the darker and deep emotions and states that are less comfortable. When you are 100% present, there can be no shadow. If the shadow is a culminating energy and presence is totally fluid, it would be like saying that small rocks could withstand a massive flowing stream. The water in this example would be like the energy of presence flowing the rocks along and wearing them down to nothing over time. Presence practice frees you from the shadow because the work is always already done. This state of constant movement can make us feel vulnerable but very pure and true to ourselves and in this way makes us very powerful. One of my favourite examples of this is a YouTube video by Sierra Beek where she discusses the vulnerability of being present without ego or shadow. It's a wonderful example of finding one's voice through committed presence. When our shadow is integrated, we are whole. Yin and yang come together and we feel complete. Like a key that perfectly fits a lock, we are absolute. We are one within. We feel absolutely one with our spirit. There are no dark corners nor in a dirty laundry that needs cleaning up. We are present, all parts of us. However, if we are processing any shadow, we also don't judge this, as it is the process of getting more present which is the point after all. All of us is absolutely beautiful and divine, even our inner dirty laundry. Presence is also a practice though. In our modern world, with all of its outer distractions, we must practice presence. It is a spiritual practice. It is also one that can continue to deepen and will never cease until we die. We can take this practice more deeply with each breath of life we take. At first, practicing presence may seem like it takes a lot of effort and a lot of focus. This can seem like a lot of hard work and as though it would make you less efficient. However, presence allows us to have tremendous and massive focused output. In 2006, I downloaded three books in three days using trance mediumship, which is a mediumship presence practice. I've never met another author who has done this level of work in such a short time. I'm absolutely sure this was only possible because of my ability to hold long periods of absolute presence. Imagine what you could achieve. What would you like to become really efficient at? Bring presence to this endeavor and see what you can really achieve. Healers may not realize it, but healing arts are presence practice. What I love most about my healing practice is the way it forces me to bring total presence to my client for the time we spend together. This tones my natural abilities and strengthens my presence muscles, which benefits my life immensely. 
whether you are reading, healing, coding, writing, inspirational public speaking, a SOAR operator, working on a skyscraper, crunching numbers, an acrobat, or doing some other vocation that invites you to maintain total presence, your vacation may be helping you to anchor more deeply into full embodiment. Think about that when you go to work tomorrow. If you haven't already, watch the movie The Shadow Effect. As with all of these scriptures, there is a powerful global outcome if we embody them. When you are present, you are full. You need nothing. This evokes a place of generosity. From this centered place, we can only be kind to one another. The projection that often happens in relationship won't because we are okay and absolutely complete within ourselves. A beautiful way this was described was also in the Celestine Prophecy books, where it talks about the control dramas. Presence ensures there are no other unconscious agendas. These were also written about beautifully in The Power of Humility. Presence is the key to looking and feeling young and energized and is healing because when we are present we are full of life force. This causes us to be healthy and well. The most vibrant people alive are absolutely present. I've often had students inquire as to how I can have such a massive workload and seem so energized. It is because all of my work requires total presence, so it fills me up so much as I am of service. Pace is the death of presence, especially in our modern day pace. We can find deep peace in a single moment, so much joy that it fills us to beyond completeness. Yet this allowance is usually not what we gift ourselves with. If you could pause, truly pause, and be present for just one minute a day, the practice of this would give you more energy and life force than a thousand hours of meditation. Try it. There is huge energy in the moment, in each moment. By being present, you are tapping into this abundant life force of the life force principle. I call this practice simply presencing. It's easy to do for the last week. Practice it. Think about the journey of feeling safe. When the tiger stops chasing you, you become present. Presence is the state you embody when the fight or flight changes to relaxation. This is a very healing state. And there's a beautiful book written about this transformation called Rushing Woman's Syndrome. If you find yourself so on you cannot switch off, I challenge you to take a look at this beautifully written heartfelt book and see if you suffer from this syndrome. It may help you turn the corner to true presence and well-being. The modules before this are a foundation to stop us from running and realize what life really is. Then we can be present with life. If life is the primary objective, then we are in this moment. We are present to life. If we are honoring diversity, we are looking for it. So we are seeking the variance of the life principle in every moment. This makes us deeply present. If we feel safe, we can be totally here and don't need to be anywhere else. When we sit in deep presence within ourselves, nothing can hide. We are complete. In that moment, we are unable to be anything but our divine self, which is whole, healthy, and completely satisfied. When we are not present, we want something other than this moment. We are incomplete. Illness can sneak up on us because we are not paying attention to what is out of balance. Are you ready to be complete? Here are some more practices of presence to try when you feel inspired to. In Sacred Commerce, the book, there is a wonderful technique they use to presence their employees before work to bring them into this moment. You can use this before any important thing you do or just to start your day. Most meditation has an agenda. 
chant this, visualize that, obtain no mind, etc. Try meditation that just allows you to sit and be with how you are. Let thoughts float in, watch them, notice them, witness yourself fully. Bring presence to what is in your inner world by simply spending time there without judgment of what is. Craig Hamilton shares some wonderful tools for this kind of meditation in Meditation 2.0, which is excellent for kinesthetic people. Visual or auditory people might find his delivery quite slow, but the techniques are excellent. Using ritual or prayer to create the space you operate within. This can keep you present when life can be distracting. Your ritual may be something like those in the back of Pure Spirit Volume 1, like the self-love ritual or something as simple as burning sage every day to cleanse your inner space. There are many space cleansing ideas in the space cleansing online workshop I created if you need some inspiration. Noticing what takes us out of our own thoughts and presence. Do we worry for other people? If so, try and remember that you are in your car of life, heading towards your destination and so are they. Your spiritual guides are driving your car as are theirs. Worrying is like trying to yell at someone else's guides while they are driving someone else's car because you think you know what they should do better than the much more aware celestial driving the car. Imagine doing this in a place you knew nothing about, like a city you'd never been to before. Your worry has nothing to offer and it is actually like playing God. They are going where they need to go and there is nothing you can do to change that. So let go of control and put your head back in your own car. If you do this a lot, take presence to why you like this kind of distraction. What are you avoiding about your own life? Do we suffer for other people? Do we think this is helping? It is not. We all have the right to our own choice and journey. If we are helping... We need to stop taking their journey and psychically attacking them. You have no right to someone else's pain. They want it and need it if they are creating it. So for the empaths of the world, remember you need to be less present with others and more present with yourself. Don't invade others' space in this way. It is a form of psychic attack. Instead, ask yourself why you need to be needed in this way. Why you like toxic energy and get present to your true motivations. Despite what you may think on the surface, they are never being helped, only harmed by your invasion, stealing their energy. Do we think about the past or future? All is being created in this moment now. If we are lost in the past or the future, we are avoiding the moment. What is so scary about your full presence and embodiment? Are you scared of becoming really powerful? If you did become so powerful, what would that mean for your life? How do you think others would react? Notice your fears and face them, allowing you to bring all of you into this moment. Qigong is a wonderful modality for deep energetic presence and is highly recommended. Stay in the body by maintaining body awareness. Many lightworkers disappear from the physical body. Make sure you are doing physical things 25% of the time so you can be very balanced. This is part of your spiritual practice. Unplugging from technology is one of the best ways to get present. I always love earth hour when we switch off all the lights and all the electricity. I love the feeling of lighting a candle and being still and at one with myself without distractions. Turn off all the power and tech more often and see what this feels like. Remember what really matters to you in your life. I revisit this one often. It's so easy to get distracted by all the directions you could extend yourself, particularly if you're a telempath. 
You can do so much. Bring your focus back into a more refined beam by choosing three things you need to focus on. Might be your partner, your child, and a single aspect of your work, for example. What are your three? Until one thing leaves, don't start another. Don't begin anything else until you complete what you started. And don't start something you don't intend to finish. Be aligned with your life vision. This can keep you in your river of life without jumping into others' rivers. Think about what you want them to say at your funeral. This reminds you of the kind of person you want to be. This helps you stay on track with your personal life meaning and to know when something else not aligned with you enters so you can help it leave your mental space quickly. Practice the traits you wish to anchor in the world. You are always creating you, so stay present with who you are trying to create. Just like your cells renew, so too do you. If you want to be a strong person, practice strength presence. Live every day as if you are that. Make conscious choices as a strong person would. In no time at all, this will be your reality or anything else you wish to focus on. You can't think yourself present. You need to be present. Being is in the doing. It is about the actions we take. It is in the choice we make in this moment and those moments add up. Sometimes a little percentage change every day sees us going in a vastly different direction in no time. Propel your life forward one choice at a time. How do you know you're actually present or practicing presence? Because you are practicing it. <laughs> you will feel whole. You will notice yourself more complete. You will feel more content with whatever you have. You will need nothing more often. You will not feel the need to think yourself into the future or the past. You will not run from sadness, but find it equally as fulfilling as happiness. You will find each day an adventure, one that makes you feel curious and playful. You will feel like a child discovering the wonder of the world. You will not get caught up in the pressures others try and place upon you, whether these are the media, community or family. You will feel truly alive. Life will feel as ecstatic as one slow, long valley orgasm of aliveness, the way it was truly meant to be. You will feel delighted at your existence and want no other. This is the gift presence offers you and it is available for you right now. Are you ready to receive the gifts of presence now? Practice presence and delight in the moment.